The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. I'm delighted to be back with you again for another week. As I always do, I want to say thank you to my guest last week, Steve Head. Um, Steve is a tremendous communicator, and he shared with us some great thoughts on happiness, which really nicely takes us to the show today. Because um, we're going to talk today about, about challenging life by living on purpose. And I just wonder, in, in talking with you, as to whether you feel like you're leading a life that is truly aligned to your purpose. Sometimes we get a real sense of what our purpose might be. And I think exploring purpose is really important and valuable. And I think you achieve more if you're you're following your purpose. Also, what I want to do within the context of today is is talk about philanthropy. And maybe you've been wondering as to where sort of philanthropy may play a role in your business. And therefore, I hope this show will really inspire you. Now, my guest today, Craig uh, Goldblatt, um, describes himself as a passionate adventurer. He's always looking for great experiences and exciting moments that life throws his way. He's known for his huge levels of energy and an appetite to be around great people and lead an amazing life. Now, when I first met Craig, I can only describe the experience as being uh, gold-blasted as I was approached by this shining force of energy and enthusiasm as, as, I, as he networked around a conference event. And I have to say, I had to ask the question to myself, was he really real? And I needed to find out a bit more. And since that very first meeting, I discovered that Craig speaks globally. He trains, coaches, and takes groups on transformational journeys to remote communities around the world, like the Amazon and West Africa. In fact, he's traveled to every continent of the world. He's delivered over 500 keynote addresses to business audiences from many different cultures, And he's founded a charity called Giving Africa that supports, as he puts it, awesome kids in West Africa. Um, Giving Africa, um, with Giving Africa, he also put his career on hold to establish establish a new school in Burkina Faso, one of the poorest countries in the world. In his own words, he says, I'm very lucky. And if someone were to ask me, what is my purpose in life? I would say it's love. There's nothing more important in my life than helping others to succeed, and for that matter, nothing more satisfying either. And I think it's interesting, Craig's use of words like love, because to many men, you know, that word can seem soft, 
But the reality is when we all look at our core needs in life, we've all built, have built in a desire for love, whether we're a young child or a top CEO. Yes, believe it or not, that top CEO that you may have met at some point also needs to feel loved as well deep down. And I'm wondering whether philanthropic life experience that have brought him to this place have enabled him to openly express that. You know, my experience of Craig is that he's got a heart of gold, and he's got much to share, and although we're talking about living life on purpose, as I said, I want to also consider the power of philanthropy. So a big welcome to Craig Goldblatt. Hi, Chris. Thanks very much. Thank you for a wonderful introduction. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And it's a great pleasure to talk to you today and a great pleasure to you know, hear some of that energy from you on me a Friday afternoon. Sure. So I'm really looking forward to this interview. Thank you. Uh, maybe you might want to just say to people where you, where you live in the world. Sure. I, I live about 30 miles south of London uh, in the Surrey-Sussex border. It's, uh, it's a lovely part of the world. I'm very lucky. Yes, I think you said to me that you live in a place um, near sort of Hazelmere, and I I, sure. uh, I, I remember that area staying with friends uh, who used to live down there when I was a student, actually, and I just thought it was a beautiful part of the world. So I'm a, a little bit jealous, although Leicestershire's quite nice as well. So sure, it li- you know it's interesting because it's linked to very much to our purpose and the identity and the values and beliefs that I hold with the family, really, Chris, because we were actually living in a a part of the world that. We just got so busy externally anyway, and it was a real conscious choice to move out, to give the kids an opportunity to breathe a bit more. And to actually, we were very lucky to wake up in the morning and go into the woods or whatever and see some fields, you know. So I think that's just part of it. Nature's big, isn't it, these days? It is, and yes, that's exactly the reason I, I moved out away from London and settled in the countryside. And we've got fields yeah. we walk through through the, the back of the house, straight out there, and and, yeah. and it, it really is nice to get out and feel that closeness yes. to nature, isn't it? Yes. Um, so, shall we start with you maybe telling us, you know, a bit about your life and your reason for living, and you know why you do the work that you do. Well, I I was born in South Africa. My my folks, dad was from Blum in in the Orange Free State. Mum was from Johannesburg. And in the 70s, there was a lot going on in South Africa. And much as my folks absolutely loved what they were doing with their lives, and mum was a social worker predominantly in the prisons in South Africa, and dad was a lawyer and he studied at law. He was a Cecil Rhodes scholar. He's a clever guy. And he came over to Oxford University and then went back and lectured law. And they built quite a life in South Africa. But, you know, it came to the point where, you know, mum and dad looked at me and my brother and, you know, I guess I was was four years old. And they said, well, you know, if we're going to make a move, we'll make a move now. It's a good time for myself and my brother. And we came to the UK, settled near London. I studied um, locally in Surrey here. And then I went and um, did some business diplomas. And then I went into sales from when I was like... 18, 19 years of age. And for 11 years, I was a foot soldier and a sales manager in different sales firms, ranging from entrepreneurial businesses that, you know, small businesses right up to organizations like TNT International, big global global corporate organizations. And then when I reached 30, I, you know, I, I felt that I wanted something different. I didn't really know what it was. So like a lot of us that end up to be entrepreneurs, the key to it is networking. And I I joined a number of local networks around London and met a hell of a lot of inspirational people. And they, you know, they started to ask me to build sales processes for their businesses. And that was my real skill. I used to be very good at taking guys out on the road and teaching them 
how to grow and develop their area and their business within within other businesses. And so I ran some sales seminars and I loved it. And at that point, 10 years ago, I had no clue that professional speaking existed. Um, you know, I, I only knew that politicians spoke and I really, you know, was kept to, well, I just put my head down for 10 years really and sold a lot of stuff and, and came to a point where I found professional speaking and it just amazed me. It amazed me that for a start that people, you know, can share um, within organizations, but also run their own business and, you know, be paid to develop people and share their heart. And I just loved it. And I just went on a, a rant, really. And I was lucky I got on the European conference circuit. And I, you know, as you said, in your introduction, I've, I've spoken probably more than 500 times. I've spoken, you know, I spoke 100 times a year for six, seven years, I guess. And and then I got to a point about four years ago, I remember picking up the phone, there was a salient point in my career where I was sitting at my dining room table and I picked up the phone and somebody offered me a great conference that I could speak at and I put down the phone and I couldn't even smile. It wasn't for me at that moment in my life anymore and I just knew that I loved speaking but something was missing and I know we all have these times in our life where we look at the purpose of our life and want to go deeper and connect to communities or people in a different way, whether it's our own village or our family that we want to connect to more deeply or, or the entire world. We have these moments and that was a big moment for me. So I went on a search for, I, I just said to a friend, I want to do some more work in charity. And my mum was very involved in charity. My mum, unfortunately passed away when I was 19 and Mum was a huge inspiration to me in my life, as dad was. And, you know, mum became a Nichiren Shoshu Buddhist and was very spiritual in, in her outlook to life. And I, I just came to a point when I was 37 that I ended up meeting an amazing man called Philippe Wadrago, who I never heard of Burkina Faso before then, but he was a native Burkinabi guy um, from West Africa that you know, had no education to speak of. He, 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 when he did get a chance to go to school, he walked six miles to get to the school, no food, you know, in the poor, just about the poorest area of the world and ended up growing this amazing charity on the ground. And I met him in London when he was doing a PhD in, in women's development. And he was just an inspiration. And I said, how can I help? He said, if you're serious about making a deeper difference to people in the world, then come to West Africa, meet the kids, understand what we're doing and see, see for yourself. So I went over to Burkina about four years ago, you know, um, and it just, it's like a lot of us that visit West Africa for the first time. It's different to anywhere else in the world that I've seen. It's different, not in a bad or good way. It's just different. It's, it's intense. It's sub-Saharan. This country is landlocked. Physically, it's the most um, just intense environment. You know, it's very dusty, very hot. It's very poor physically, but very rich spiritually. And it just hits you emotionally at such a level that I got back on the aeroplane and I just wanted to do everything I could to help this guy and all the kids that he introduced to me. So that was that Giving Africa was born. And since then, we've had an amazing four years. Wonderful. I mean... Just interesting hearing that. I know you've got a young family and you've been going back yeah. to Burkina Faso, which I imagine is probably not as, as safe an environment as Hazelmere. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different environment. I mean, how, how, how you know, 
kind of living on this purpose and following this dream. Yeah. I mean, how does that work with you and your, your family? Just well, Oscar, that's a great question. Oscar's 11 and Peggy's eight. And it's difficult is, is the, is the answer, Chris. And, you know, I've got from Sarah and the kids, I've got unbelievable support. And one of what, what I believe, and I know, we're, you know, it'd be lovely to talk more about the spiritual side of purpose and, you know, I've got an opportunity to be very free. I appreciate that. And I've got lots of options open to me. And like a lot of us have in the Western world to be able to travel and help out and do different things. And Sarah understands and I understand that if we're not happy and, you know, not doing what we, what we need to do in the world, then there's no point, actually, you know. And as you said quite rightly in your introduction, my entire purpose for life, it seems very simplistic, but my absolute purpose for life, and, and I, you know, I've searched you know, high and low externally for the answers, and I've found, I think I've found them inside myself, which is the purpose for life is to give and receive love. That's it. You know, for me, I, I might change my mind in a year or two as, you know, I don't know, but right now, talking to you this afternoon, my purpose is, is love. It's to give and receive people love. And, and Sarah understands that and the kids understand that. And that's important for my soul. It's not even important for my heart or for my head or for me as, a, as an identity or a speaker. It's important. It's, it's who I am. You know, that's why I went to a lady years ago who ran a, a, a homeopathic practice and she was a very bright lady and she opened a book. Um, and she said, Craig, this is you. This is who you are. And at the top of it said, passionate adventurer. And it really hit me. And I read through these passages about adventuring. And that's who I have been the whole of my life, whether I'm adventuring in the garden with the kids or whether I'm in Burkina Faso. I have to adventure and learn more and grow and develop and see people and connect to people and love people. That's who I am. And I think at the deepest level, that's who everybody is. So if I'm not doing that, I'm miserable. And then I'm miserable for the family and I'm upset and I'm unhappy so really, you know, the family accept that sometimes I have to go on my merry way and do these crazy things. Excellent, excellent. And, and what, therefore, do you think that this, you know, your story and this purpose that you have, which is about love, how do you think that is valuable for, for example, you know, a business audience? Well, l let me frame it like this. In in all the psychology that I've studied over the last 10 years, human beings want one thing. We want to feel something. We grow businesses because we want to feel something. We fall in love because we want to feel something. We play tennis because we want to feel. We, you know, we go for a walk because we want to feel. We kiss our kids because we want to feel their love. You know, we take on, uh, you know, a football match because we want to feel more. And there's lots of different feelings engaged in psychology. So, you know, you study any any psychology as you have, Chris, you know, you come up with, you know, we want to feel secure and safe. We want to feel excited about our lives and important and connected. And we want to grow and develop and give. And all human beings want is to feel and I believe that that's our fuel, that we do everything just so we can feel more in our lives. And so I think people start their business. We don't consciously think like this every day, but people run their businesses because they want to feel. And, and that, that, that's the core of it is 
when we understand our purpose in business more and we understand who we are and the fact that we are enough and we live our values at the highest level, not only do we feel congruent and strong, but everybody around us has a feeling of empowerment and creates more power for themselves to be able to lead their own lives. And so that's why it's so important, I feel, in business to understand what we're about and what's most important to us and to live our values at the highest level. Sometimes I think people, they, they get out of touch, don't they, with you know, the real purpose of, of a business. And I think one of those purposes has got to be that it's about people. It's about serving people. It's about employing people. Sure. Uh, and sometimes you know, in, the, in the desperate urge to make money and things like that, yeah. those things go out the window. Yeah. And the ability for people to connect uh, on a deep uh, level with their, with their customers and clients and colleagues. Um, and, and when that starts to happen, you know, it's, it's uh, missing some of its real potential. It, that, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. It's, 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 we all know this and, and this has been banded around for, for, you know, since we all read Dale Carnegie's stuff and, and, and it's still as pure as it, it is today as it was then. Um, you know, we, what we want is to connect to other people. We want relationships and the more deep those relationships, the more we feel and the more we love. And that's, that, that's the most important thing in business. And, you know, the interesting thing is when we get sidetracked into concentrating purely on the profit or the financial delivery of our vehicles, like business or investment or whatever we do to make money, when we focus purely on that, you know, a lot of guys that become hyper, super successful, as we know, in that field, then they end up giving all their money away anyway. Mm. So money is a great energy. You know, we, we all love money and Money's a fantastic energy. But again, you know, the Romans said it's better to travel than to arrive. You know, in other words, it's the journey to get that money that we love. It's the journey to win the tennis match that we love. Once we've won it and the elation is finished after three minutes, we move on. You know, it's, it's, it's about the journey of growing a business that we're almost addicted to these days and seeing our money grow that, that, that gives us the biggest, the deepest feeling. And money, I think, is interesting in business because money is an energy for me. It's, money is simply an energy. Yes. It, it flows in and out of our lives, you know, and we understand that our, our brains are a goal-seeking mechanism. What we tell ourselves, you know, it's a, a friend of mine, Dermot Fitzpatrick, D- Dermot said, thoughts become things, but only 100% of the time. <laughs> You know, so, you know, we or our brain looks for things. It's, you know, and when we are positive about things, we spot them more. And when we're negative about things, we spot them more. So it money can be a very negative energy and can be a very positive energy. And we understand that it, it you know, in this world, it's interesting. Philanthropy is interesting because we we almost blame money sometimes for our lives <laughs> and and you know, we, we want to give and we want to help other people. But really, at the end of the day, what I'm learning through Giving Africa, money is, you know, it's right, it is right up there with oxygen a lot of the time. I don't deny that. It's a very important and powerful and abundant energy. But the biggest thing that I've learned from this whole charity thing, Chris, and, and growing the charity, which is a, a gift, an enormous gift, is that 
you know, the people in Burkina Faso are so spiritually rich and they're so physically poor. And that's always been my point with a charity is they give us much more than we give them. Craig. Yes. Could I ask you to continue this after the break? Because we need to go commercial break right now. Sure. So uh, a real reason to come back. We want to hear this. So we'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. Great. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to be more achieve more with host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to info at be that's info at be now back to chris cooper hi it's chris cooper i'm with craig goldblatt and we're talking about um, challenging life and living on purpose and craig before the break you were telling us about bikina Faso and your biggest learning while you were there and then we uh, we cut you off to have a break so uh, do you want to continue with that thanks chris it's it, it to me that's what i've the biggest learning with the charity and um the reason why i, I believe that the charity is special is because you know, the people in Burkina Faso, and I'm, this is a huge generalization, of course, but the people I find in West Africa who often are what we classes have physically and financially less than us and maybe even physically poor, spiritually they seem to be rich. Mm. And in the Western world, 
often, you know, I find again a huge generalization. I find that I myself, I sometimes become physically wealthy and financially more wealthy and spiritually poor. And what that means, I think, when I boil that down, is that I feel that we have lost in the Western world our sense of deep community, deep connection with our community and other communities. And, you know, when, when I think, you know, my dad used to say he grew up, you know, as an example in the Orange Free State in South Africa, and he knew everybody and they supported everybody, you know, and my mom, you know, the same is they grew up in a, in, in a time when, you know, you often married the girl from next door and, and you, you, you lived together as a village and you created a sense of happiness and well-being and connection to everybody around you. And, I, you know, I feel that, that everything in, in the universe, I believe, to be balanced. In other words, you know, Africa is, seems to be the place where everything's raw, where you get the, the, the biggest challenges and the most love you know, and it, but it's just real. It, people are real and they open their hearts to you and their souls. You go to Burkina Faso, you know, there's a little story I'll share with you. I went to the north of Burkina Faso. There was an amazing guy who I met. He, he'd never met me before. And I said to him, he had this amazing suit, this multicolored suit that they wear in West Africa. Mm. And the guy didn't have any money. And he, he, I said to him, I love your suit. And he said thank you and he gave me a hug this like, must be a 50 year old guy he gave me a big hug and i went on my way i went back to the city and he knew that the guy knew philippe who was there and i went back to the city which was about 200 miles away two days later this suit hand pressed or whatever came back in a plastic bag he gave me his suit uh. and that suit must have taken him months to to earn so there's a sense of sharing and giving because you have very little physically what you do have to give is an enormous amount emotionally so i i think that's a good point is when people don't necessarily aren't able to give huge amounts physically they give emotionally more and they have a real sense of community and one more quick example of that because i think it's critical for us to understand more in the business world is there's a 16 year old girl in the second floor of a school in Burkina Faso. And I asked the whole class, I said, what's most important to you in your life? And this girl stood up and she said, it's to serve my country and my family. And that's a 16 year old girl, you know? So I think the spiritual wealth that we can experience is first of all, through loving ourselves to learn to love ourselves deeply. That's vital. And the second thing is to love everybody else around us and, and just be empowered to help other people. It's like the Dalai Lama says, you know, that's the secret of life is to, to love ourselves deeply and then love everyone else. You know, these guys who are a lot wiser than me, all of them say the same thing. And I think it, it may be overused, but it's so true. Mm. And, and when you meet people who really do have that sense, they do seem very grounded, don't they? They do seem very connected uh, and you, know, you feel great wisdom coming from them. They're exactly right. And, you know, they, they, walk in, <laughs> they walk into a room or they walk into an environment and they're like, it's like this guy, Philippe, in, in, in West Africa, you know. He, it, it's, so, you know, somebody told me once that, that there's only a couple of fears 
in our lives that we fear. There's only, you know, you can boil them down to two fears. We've all heard that, you know, Anthony Robbins shared this in the States and all these different guys sh- share, we all share the same kind of message. But this is, to me, there's only a couple of fears. And the fears that we have is either that we are not a- enough as people or that we're not, that we're not enough or that we're not loved. And I, I feel, you know, to, to not feel enough is because often we feel alone in something. And I think that's why we are constantly looking to connect at a deeper and deeper level to people. And, and that's our external world of wanting to grow big skyscrapers and everything. It can be a wonderful energy too, because it feeds us um, physically. But I, I believe, and this is where nature and community comes in. If we don't get that deep connection to the people around us, we don't feel enough at, at some level. You know, we're not sharing and connecting with other people. And so I think what's really important about going to places like West Africa is it gives you a deep, deep sense that you are enough and you're with everybody else in this and that together, you, you know, you can feel so much more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the message I'm taking away from this from a, a business perspective is this message of connection and thinking, yes. you know, very deeply Actually, how well connected are we to, firstly, ourselves and our yes. family, and yes. also to you know, the, the, our people within our business? How well do we understand them and care for them? And yes. are now our clients? And do we love our clients? I mean, I remember someone once asking me that question: Do you, yes. do you love your clients? And and with some of them, I can honestly say yes. With some of them, yeah, I wasn't quite so sure. You know, well, no, that's that's it, and and. You know, we've, I've worked in hundreds of businesses coaching and speaking and training now and continue to do so, and I love it. And it's mainly because of what you've, what you've shared so eloquently, Chris, is that it's about connection. So sometimes you walk into an organization and there's people there that don't know. They've been sitting next to somebody at a desk. They've worked next to them for six months on a project. They don't know their husband. They don't know their wife. They don't know their kids' names. You know, they haven't taken the time to, uh, to really ask what's most important in life to the person sitting next to them. And, and we're sharing lives next to a person and we don't know them. So you, you've hit the nail on the head, you know, that we, it, it's not about just being in West Africa or the Amazon. It's about turning around to the person next to you, going, grabbing a coffee and really finding out what their deepest values are and what's most important to them and where are they struggling and how you can support that person sitting next to you in the office at a deeper level and doing that with authenticity when it feels right, not doing it because you feel you have to. But, you know, we, when we love somebody at that level to find out what their deepest values are, they'll never forget it because they don't get that every day. And just just something that you, you know, you shared there that I think is very important is my journey now spiritually, actually, Chris, is at a point where I, you know, I guess this this I'm not particularly religious in this way, but it, I think it comes from the, the source of spirituality and, and also many religions is I'm, I'm, my journey now is to love people that do not love me. And, and um, it, 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 I mean, sorry, go ahead. Can, can that lead to more disappointment? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can. But you know, the interesting thing is, at, at a very, at a base level, you know, there's there's something inside. You know, we a lot 
us have studied NLP and psychology and and, <clears throat> and there's this great belief with which is what we see in others we hold within ourselves. Mm. So in other words, if we see somebody behaving in a way that is threatening or disturbing or really challenging or rude and their behavior is it doesn't sit anywhere near our value system it's like again dale carnegie said is be curious and a lot of guys is like seek first to understand what is that person going through internally we're not that important to them at that moment that they're shouting at us you know if we can find out and support them that that very possibly is one of the most loving people you've ever met and you know, I know this is a very, this is a, a, a Christian thing, you know, from thousands of years ago, if you like, is, you know, we, we've got to really understand what's going on a bit deeper rather than just somebody's behavior. So it can disappoint us, but people have all, we know this, you know, especially in the Western world, people have massive challenges, massive pressures. We are living under enormous stress at times. And, you know, people behave in certain ways under stress and it's not truly them you know i i i feel that we were born with an open heart and that you watch a child play in the playground and they're playing with an open heart and you know they're just feeling joy they're feeling a huge amount and sometimes our education system that by the way i think a lot of education was built many years ago and isn't necessarily fit for what goes on today but there's some amazing schools so there's a school near us where the kids went to called blue house and different schools that that look at multiple intelligence and how to grow the kid's soul because i think what happens when we get more pressure is we build layers in front of our hearts and we try and be somebody that we're not so my entire spiritual journey is actually to strip out these layers and understand my behavior more and say, how can I love people, whatever their behavior is? And that helps me to love myself more. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a, it's, a fundamental, it's a fundamental thought, isn't it, for, I guess, greater, um, what's, what's the word? I guess it is spirituality, but it's, it's, it's about having greater control over yourself because... You know, we can get find ourselves getting very frustrated with other people, and right. uh, you see people out there getting bitter and angry about the behaviour, and they start t- focusing on it, and it gets bigger and bigger. Right. Um, however, the the only way to be completely selfless, I guess, is to you know, develop an attitude that, irrespective of how they're being, I still love them because they're a human being. Absolutely, I'm a human being too. We come from the same source. Sure, and we might even be. You know, a representative from the you know representative from the same source, um, and, and 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 we're so and that's spot on. We're so driven these days by our external environment. Our external environment is so powerful that you know that you see somebody in their office sometimes in London, uh, you know that they're under such pressure and they're behaving in a certain way. An hour later, you go to the football pitch with them, a soccer pitch, and you watch them play football and they feel free and they're a different human being or they go to the opera and they're crying at what they're seeing, you know, or they, they go and go for a bike ride with their kids and they're laughing with their kids and just somebody who's shouting and screaming 10 minutes late or, you know, they're busy in the morning and we're shouting at the family, we're shouting at the kids and then we go to the office and we're having a laugh and it, you know, external environment, that's why I think we have to learn to sit more in meditation and 
and connect with people at the deepest level is because we need, need to go inside. We need to spend much more time in our inside world and leave the outside world alone more. Not in its entirety necessarily because we all have to make money. I'm not saying don't grow our businesses. That's essential. But what we, we, we all need capital right now. We need to be capitalists. But the important thing is we spend at least as much time in our heart and our mind and being at peace and being connected to ourselves and, and you know, the, the fields around us and the woods and walking and exercising and playing sport and just connecting to ourselves, our body, our physiology, our heart, our soul, our minds, rather than constantly being reactive to try and create more outside of ourselves. I think that's, I think that's really really, really important, isn't it, for fulfillment. I certainly find I live near fields, I go out for walks, and um, I make myself do so much exercise per day, and, uh, and I also make myself appreciate what's around me, so I kind of enjoy the birds, and, uh, and I enjoy my dog, and, and it's, I, but I need that sometimes just to remind me to, to be grounded in that way, because otherwise just things can get in the way, and that really sure. is really important. I suppose, sure. also like, you know, we've only got a couple of minutes to break now, but on some of the environments you go to, and of experience, sometimes just getting away, you know, getting away from your country or getting away t- to somewhere different. I, I remember being, I did went to uh, the, the Inca Trail in, in the Andes in Peru yes. and, and, and sort of talking to, with some of the guides there who were carrying bags and yeah. and was amazed when one of them at the time picked up a, a music player and never actually heard one before. And um, we just sort of sat there very, you know, simply around a fire together and it was a very, uh, quite a spiritual mo- uh, moment really. Um, you felt, felt grounded you felt at one and actually that's it. it didn't matter it's immensely powerful to get to, to be with nature and be with different communities that live in a dramatically different way than we do in the west it's you know in a way it's just like being in the gym you know it, 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 in, a, in a much deeper way as we see life so differently for a period of time and we take that back with us We're going to go to our final commercial break now, and after the break, we shall be back again with Craig, and we shall be talking more about this um, very shortly. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper. I'm talking with Craig Goldblatt, and we're, we're talking about uh, challenging life by living on purpose, and uh, we're talking about philanthropy. And, and I think we've started to move into a conversation which is really about um, you know, spiritualism, which I think is different to organized religion. We're talking about having a greater sense of who you are and, and of self. And, and I just wonder, Craig, whether you've got any kind of tips and thoughts about creating change in yourself. Because you've you mentioned there people are in their offices, they are busy, they've got kids They've got responsibilities. We're trying to move my mother-in-law at the moment, and it's pro- we could write a, do, produce a documentary on it. It's been such a saga. Got all this stuff going on. Do you find the time in this busy life to uh, to cr- uh, create some change in the areas that you need to create change to uh, to be, I guess, living on purpose? I feel that there's a number of <coughs> key elements to, to change, and. I feel the first thing to say is our awareness of the different levels at which we can live life. And what I mean by that is sometimes we focus on our external environment to change us. So we get a bigger car or a bigger house and we feel that will change us internally or we behave differently or we take on more skills. Um, and that, all of that can help. Um, I, I feel what really creates long-term change in us is to understand more about what's most important to us. What are our values and at what level are we living those values? So in other words, if health's most important to us, how healthy are we? As you've just shared, you know, that, you know, health, integrity, passion, honesty, how honest are we being in our lives? How much integrity do we have right now in, in our businesses and our personal lives? And, and who, and to look at, our identity is who are we at a core. So not who does everybody else want us to be, is to take some time out and understand who we are at the deepest level and what's our reason for living and are we giving ourselves more love and ways in which we can do this at a, at a, at a practical level, Chris, I believe are the following. One is a lot of people say who we spend our life with is who we become. In other words, you know, change, I think, happens mainly because of who challenges us and who we spend our life with. In other words, if we have people that are challenging us, if we have coaches, if we have great people around us or we create great people around us to challenge us and ensure that we're all that we can be. I think that's the first thing. I feel that the second thing is to obviously spend time in nature because we, we, you know, nature is us. We are nature. We've come from nature. And, and when we build up our cities to become mega cities, it, nature is so much a part of who we are that we need to spend time in that place that, that grows our soul. So the first thing is, who do we spend time with? The second thing is, are we in nature? And the third thing is, are we doing things to shock ourselves, to challenge life? And you know, in my business, you know, I talk a lot about how are you challenging life? So when I'm with audiences, I look at how we're creating impact for our lives and and adventuring and experiencing because mastery comes from experience. 
it doesn't necessarily come from a book, even though that helps us. It comes from experience. You know, if you hit 10,000 tennis balls, we know you're going to be a better tennis player. If you spend time in remote communities, you're going to understand their culture and therefore understand yourself more in your environment. So the, the first thing really is hang around with the right people who you perceive to really grow you. The second thing is be in a wonderful natural environment as much as you can, preferably while doing exercise of some sort. And the third thing is really challenge yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, financially. Go to a place that really challenges you. It can be the Amazon. Come to the Amazon with us. Come to Burkina Faso with us. Go to environments that really challenge your life. And I feel that that's most important is to those three elements. And at the end of the day, I think it's, you know, reading and, and being around the right people, all of this kind of stuff is, is not important, it's critical. And at the end of the day, we need to surround ourselves with subliminal plants or messages or actual scrolls around our house and places that remind us that we're absolutely enough. And, and that we're reading the right things and we're connecting to the right things. If we read stuff that doesn't grow us, if we are around elements and a lot of alcohol, we know that, you know, if we're around too much that takes away our soul, it's difficult. I'm not saying we can't have a great drink or whatever, but, you know, that's where the balance comes in is just looking after our bodies and our minds and our hearts more. I think there's some real, you know, some real wisdom in what you just you just shared there, and um, I think all of those things are. I've people to listen back to that and just compare their life with what Craig just described, and which of those things are you doing, and which of those could you could you work on? And one of the things I mentioned in the break, you alluded to health, but I, I think I'd actually talk to you about that in the break. And and for me this year, I was um, realized I was getting a, bit, a little bit heavier than I wanted to be. I was feeling a little bit sluggish. I've got young children. I need to keep fit for them. Um, so I, I have started um, getting myself back into really good shape. I've been in good shape in the past. I'm not so at the moment particularly. Um, but I bought a little device. It's called a, a it's advertising. I've not got any interest in them. It's called a jawbone up. And it tells me how many steps I've done each day. And for my age, I should be doing about 10,000. It tells me how much sleep I get. I can put my calorie my, into my iPad. I can I, I link this uh, little plug into my um, iPad. It cal- I can put in my calories and the things that I've eaten. And it's really got me thinking about actually each day I want to be over ten thousand steps. So I go down and do that in nature. I've walked the dog every day. I've I've done some running, um, but also it's got me thinking about actually what I eat. Um, I'm eating too much sugar. I'm eating too many things that are not good for me. So I'm trying to wean myself off there. Sure. But introducing that process into my life is having quite an effect. So actually, I'm already within a couple of weeks into it, but I'm already feeling, you know, better. I'm losing weight. I'm feeling happier. I'm feeling I can do more. Um, you know, it's just one example of, of, of making a change. But I'm still struggling, Craig. I'm thinking of Gandhi here, but I'm still struggling to. Um, you know, not be tempted to go and eat some of those chocolates that are still left from Christmas. And, and, and you know, I, I'm l- l- coming to a point in my life, you know, where I understand that everything, no matter how much I try, Chris, is everything's about balance for me. It, you know, everything's about balance. And, and the more, you know, so when you, when I send people to Burkina Faso, which is one of the most intense environments I've ever seen in the world, it, it's 
you know, it needs to be, you know, we, it's great to come back and, and balance our lives in a different way and get stuck into a very different environment. And, you know, the chocolate feeds us and, you know, to a degree, you know, and, and without, you know, without a, a few chocolates, you know, for me personally, there's lots of people that would share that you have to get rid of this, get rid of that. But to get rid of something that you love doesn't, to me, doesn't feed my soul. And it's, it's about, you know, at the moment I've got a great guy who I, you know, at one point I was far too heavy in my life. I was three stone too heavy or something. And I, you know, got with a PT instructor and I, I know, I, you know, I spent out and I spent a lot of money training with him. But we had such fun as well. And it's being around people that can give us joy while we're doing something and, and really enjoy the process. If we're not enjoying what we're doing, we're not going to grow through it. So it's all about balance for me, you know, and I love Chinese food. Mm. So, you know, it's about, okay, so it's, let's go for a run and, you know, but once a week, you know, we can have a bit of this, you know, so that's, that's where I'm at. And, and, and at a spiritual level as well, you know, the universe has to be balanced. There's pleasure and pain in everything. I completely agree. You've got to you've got to have fun in life, haven't you? Yeah, and in your business, and in your business, you know, there's so many entrepreneurs I know that are flying and they're loving it, and and they're creating and they're enjoying and they're with their teams and you know they're really making a difference. And then there's some environments that you go to or you walk through London and you think, wow, you know, we're like ghosts. We're trudging along. And when, you know, we're not enjoying the process and then we don't become good at it or we don't, we don't fulfill our internal potential. We're great at something, but we've forgotten how great we are about it because we're not enjoying it. It's like you see a great sportsman loving what we do. I just caught some of the, the semi-final, you know, you, of the Australian Open this morning and, you know, you see Federer and Nadal still. I don't know how many years Federer has been, 20 years or something. And these guys are just juiced. They're getting on it. They're making it happen, you know, and they're loving what they're doing. And they are fortunate to be in that position, but work bloody hard to get there. But they're loving what they're doing. And I see entrepreneurs like that. So we've got to love what we do, at least a lot of the time. If we don't, then, then I guess the, you know, the message for that is, and I'm sure you've been through that, you described that with your selling and when you got to a point with your speaking. I've yes. saved in my life and, and there was a point in time when I, I moved away from quite a lot of lot of wealth and income coming in to actually start yes. again and rebuild based upon my purpose and and for a few years it was tough financially, yeah. uh, um, but actually I love what I do now and it's an absolute privilege and yes opportunity to talk to people like you and having um, friends like you in my network. Uh, my life has changed considerably through you know moving more to being aligned with my purpose and making my business. Um, being focused around it really and I sense that with you as well and if we love it we do you know it's in some way at some level abundance does come back to you it's an easy thing we all have pain we all go through times where we think goodness me what what why why should I carry on here um, but then we we have a second wind and we create it we don't love every every moment of our life we can't you know pain Pain is a valuable, valuable commodity. You know, it's like that wonderful quote from Theodore Roosevelt in The Citizens of the Republic a hundred years ago, you know, about it's not the critic that counts, 
You know, you've never lived until you go. And Must Power said it as well. You've never lived until you've almost died. For those who have had to fight for it, life as a flavor, the protected shall never know. So to go through all this pain and all, all the hard stuff we need to go through helps us to enjoy the other stuff. It's all balance, isn't it? But we've got to make sure that we look back every day or every week. Like Steve Jobs said, you've got to look back at life to understand it, to join up the dots and just in, ensure that we're enjoying most of it. You know, and, and, and that's part of life. That, that, that's the wonder of life is that we're, we're feeling, feeling as much as we can. There's a quote I really love, which uh, I can't remember who it was by now, but um, it, it went with words to the effect of, uh, you know, you want to be able to, when, when you're old, you want to be able to look back on your life and enjoy yeah. it all over again. Yes, wonderful quote. That, yeah, absolutely. And, and I often, when I'm speaking to audiences and coaching, I often say that is go to the end of your life. Go 30, 40 years, you know, whatever it is, 50 years um, in, in front and, and look, at, look at your life going backwards. So go to 80 or 90 on your rocking chair and look back and say, what have you achieved? What's been really important to you? What's been am- amazing moments in your life? It's like that wonderful quote, which is, you know, it's not about the number of breaths that you take. It's about the number of moments that take your breath away. It's, it's about what would you want to create, first of all, for yourself in your life that just juices you that you love. And what do you want to create for the rest of the world? Whether it's your family or your village or your town or your country or the whole world, you know, it's not just about a physical legacy necessarily. It's about, you know, what of emotion have you felt throughout your life? What have you been passionate about and shared? What magical moments have you created in your life for yourself and others? That, to me, that's what it's all about. Yeah, Craig, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we've got about two minutes left now, and, and I just wanted to very quickly ask you, you know, how could people, for example, get involved in your work in West, in West Africa and the Amazon, for example? And then just finally, you know, do you have any key messages that you want to leave the audience with? You've got, you've got one minute, I'm afraid, a minute and a half. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Well, I, uh, givingafrica.org, www.givingafrica.org is the website of the charity. And we run a lot of challenge events and cultural journeys to West Africa and other parts of Africa where everybody's really welcome. And we'd love to have you guys to come on some amazing adventures and we climb Kilimanjaro, we will go down rivers, we go to cultural areas of Africa and spend time with amazing communities. And through my business, um, through my coaching, my training, my speaking, it's craiggoldblatt.com, www.craiggoldblatt.com. We run seminars, we coach people, we run keynote addresses, we speak at national and global conferences. And it'll be a privilege to help you to develop your life and understand more about your purpose, your identity and your core values. And, you know, it's just been, Chris, it's fantastic talking to you. I've, I've, I've loved it. It's been really, really great talking with you. I've, I've really enjoyed it as well. It's been a pleasure. And, and Thank you. I'm sure we'll have a little chat after the, after the interview's over as well. Um, Craig's given you his um, details there. It's craiggoldblatt.com and mentioned um, the um, Africa website. If you've got any questions or feedback, please send it to me at chris at bemoreachievemore.com. Uh, next week um, on the show, uh, we have uh, a good, someone's become a good friend of mine, Simon Hartley. Uh, Simon is from Be World Class and is uh, a sports psychologist, worked with many great sporting people. He's been on the show a couple of times before and brought some fantastic guests with him. And uh, I'm delighted to really have the time to to really focus in on on him this time and uh, look at how um, you know his learnings of, of 
high performance and what we can uh, take from that. So have a tremendous week, uh, everybody, and uh, look forward to speaking to you again next week. And Craig, thanks once again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.